Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 13 is where we find ourselves with breaking news this morning. Verse 9 says to the vine owner, he says, If it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. And what a sad, sad story. If it bears fruit, let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. And Jesus certainly did that. The church was born and so many signs and wonders and proofs and, and prophecies being fulfilled were there to prove that Jesus, who he, he was, who he said he was, that the apostles working signs and wonders should have been more than evidence to them and the scripture being fulfilled. And yet Israel was left as a stump. And that's the plain truth. Israel became a stump. In fact, the Lord told them that's exactly what would happen. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, it says, The Lord has removed men far away, and forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, but yet a tenth will be in it, and will return and be for consuming as the terebinth tree or the oak whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be in the stump. Wow, so what he's saying is, I don't know if you've ever done that. You cut down a tree in your yard. I have actually a a catalpa tree. I cut part of it down because it was growing against my fence and there's still one shoot, but I cut half of it down. And that'd be great if you just cut a tree and that was it. What happens if you just cut a tree off and it's still living? It shoots out, right? It's like, ah, I killed that thing one time, you know? But that's what God allows. You know, he leaves the stump, he cuts down the tree, but then a new shoot comes up. And maybe that shoot will grow into a tree and maybe that tree will bear fruit. He leaves the stump, but he says he leads the seed. The holy seed shall be in its stump. He always leaves a remnant. Those who have the holy seed, that they believe in Jesus, they're, they're still in them. In Romans chapter 9, he talks about this, about Israel specifically, and he says this, verse 29, And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabbath had left a seed, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been like Gomorrah. Wow. What does that mean? Well, here's the interesting thing. God allowed Israel to be driven from their land, but now there's a nation of Israel again. And they they dwell in the land. And yet, what's the state of the nation of Israel? Are they a Christian nation? Not even close. Are they a Jewish nation? Barely. Are they an atheist, pagan nation? Yay! That's who they are. Did you know that Tel Aviv was considered the most LGBTQ-affirming community in the entire world? That's how crazy it was. And this is what God says, if I would have not left a seed, then they would have become like Sodom and even like Gomorrah. But we see the prophecies 
what God's going to do. And Paul would explain to the Romans that the Gentiles were grafted into Israel as wild branches. And then he would say this in chapter 11, verse 25, right after he said that, he says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. It is written, a deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, or without, are irrevocable, is what he's saying. Basically, what he's saying is that God is not going to take away his covenant with Israel, but he will fulfill it. And so at this time, he's left them in blindness in part, that the fullness of the Gentiles will come in. What happens when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in? Now, this could be the last Gentile person who gets saved, and after that person gets saved, then the rapture happens, and we're all gone, and then God turns his focus on Israel. That could be, maybe you're here today. And you haven't received Jesus, and you're, we're just waiting for you. You could be holding us all up in this horrible time. But it could mean that he's waiting, because the word Gentile means nations. It could be that he's waiting for that last nation of people, that last family of people to be reached with the gospel, which we're getting very close to. And then after that, the rapture will happen, and then God will focus his attention on these unbelieving Jews and turn ungodliness from Jacob and take away their sins, which we see unfold at the beginning of the book of Revelation as Israel begins to get saved, and then he carries them through that seven-year period of time as he focuses his attention completely on them. Is that what's going to happen? Maybe coming soon to a theater near you? His covenant with them is, is steadfast. So God cut down this tree, left a stump, and a promise that the seed would remain in the stump and be restored, and then When the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, the nations are gathered, they will be saved. But that was always kind of a a weird thing for the world because for thousands of years, Israel wasn't a nation. You know, Titus destroyed the whole city. And then less than 100 years later, they drove all the Jews out of Israel and renamed it Palestine because of the Bar Kokhba revolt. And so for 2,000 years, they were not in the land. Maybe a couple Jews here and there, but for the most part, they weren't really allowed. And so you had this land that was left desolate. Now, it wasn't just that the land was desolated from the fig tree that had been cut down, but the land actually became desolate, just like God said it would. How did that happen? Well, during the Ottoman Empire, when the Turks were in charge, if you know your history, you remember that the Turks started to tax everybody who had a tree on their land. What do you do if you have trees on your land and God's taxing your trees? You have 60 trees on your land. What do you do? You cut them down. And so they did. They cut all the trees down in Israel. They deforested it. What happens when you deforest a land? It turned into a barren desert. And the whole land, it stopped raining. The ecology completely changed. Mark Twain visited Israel in in 1900. And as he walked through the land, he said, it was the most desolate and barren place I've ever been to in my life. What does Israel look like now? Like a lush garden. They invented you know, the drip irrigation. They, they came out with all kinds of new technologies. They reforested it. And now the ecology is back and it's bloomed like, you know, like a, a forest. It's, it's amazing. And, and now Israel's importing flowers, but still in unbelief. How do we reconcile that? Well, in Ezekiel 37, God said that that would happen. Remember the Valley of the Dry Bones? What's that, what's that, that passage about? 
It's about Israel coming back into the land in unbelief. He puts flesh on their bones. He puts you know, sinew on their bones, and, and they stand up as an army of men. But then, eventually, in that passage, he breathes life into them, and he has not yet breathed life into them. They will receive the gospel. But on, on, May, on May 14, 1948, Israel became the Jewish state. They bought every ounce of that land. It was Judah Ben-Gurion and several other investors went in, and they bought every acre of land at a very high price. They did, it wasn't cheap. They didn't take it. It was given to them, but they were allowed to purchase it. Then in, on the Six-Day War of 1967, all of Jerusalem was recaptured. It officially became, in Israel's eyes, the capital of Israel in 1980. And in 2017, the U.S. recognized Jerusalem as the capital and moved our embassy there in 2018. All these are very significant things. Not every country still recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Some of them still consider Tel Aviv. But nobody can ignore the miracle that has taken place with Israel returning to the land fulfilling so many prophecies, becoming a stump, and now becoming what looks like shoots coming forth to become a new and fruitful tree. What does that mean for us? It means for us that the time is short. And maybe God has been, you know, lots of things have been happening in your life. It's been unsettled. Things have been upheaved in your life. Maybe God's digging around you. Maybe you've been going through a lot of crappy things. Maybe he's fertilizing you. And he's saying, wake up, come to me. He, and Jesus says, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Without me, you can do what? Nothing. And so come to Jesus. Believe in your heart that God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried, and that God rose him from the dead on the third day. And you will be saved. The Bible says those who put their trust in him, that he, what he did on the cross was completely sufficient to, for me to be forgiven and to be cleansed from all my sin. And when we do that, Jesus will receive us. Amen? Let's pray as the Lack family makes their way back up here. Father, thank you so much for just the grace that you give us, Lord, to know that you are sufficient, Lord Jesus, for all that we're not, that you died for our sins on the cross, and that you made a way for us to be reconciled to the Father through the blood that you shed and the resurrection that you accomplished, Lord, as you rose from the dead, conquering death. So we thank you, Jesus, that you are everything that we need. And I pray that you would help us to surrender ourselves to you, Lord, recognizing that your plan for our life is so much better than anything we could plan for ourselves and trusting you. And so we give our lives, we, we surrender ourselves to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccmit.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.